Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. So, a great pleasure. Welcome back to the program, JP Wiggins, who is co founder and vice president of 3GTMS. And today we're going to talk about when partial demand exceeds capacity. What do shippers do? Uh, you know, as we begin here in you know the 2021, the uh, parcel market is certainly very different than it was this time you know last year. Simply put, you know the ongoing surge in e-commerce growth, which has been driven in large part by the uh, pandemic, has created a capacity crunch in the parcel uh, market. So, how should shippers respond? And you know what's required from a technology standpoint to move up the partial shipping capabilities maturity curve. Well, that's going to be the main focus of today's episode. And it's great to, as always, welcome JP to the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic. Thanks, Adrian. Glad to be back. So uh, that's a great topic to talk about. I mean, very timely, isn't it? I mean, parcel. I mean, who hasn't been shipping a lot of parcel, even from a consumer perspective or a business perspective, B2C or B2B, but we've all, I mean, it's, it's, it's been the most explosive growth of any of the modes, just this, you know, COVID fueled, let's just go for it, right? So. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Now you weren't you weren't on the program that long ago. We, we were talking about partial back in, in November, early November. So we were just going right into the holidays at that point. Uh, and usually, you know, typically in January, you know, parcel carriers and, and shippers are kind of, you know, it's an opportunity for them to catch their breath after a, a you know a busy you know holiday season. But but that's not the case this January, right? I mean, what what's the current state? of the parcel shipping market, you know, from your perspective? You know, uh, COVID fueled, uh, the, the amount of capacity now is exceeding the, the demand. Uh, and that's really where we're at right now, especially among the big three, uh, UPS, FedEx, and um, uh, USPS. And, uh, you know, if anyone that shipped parcel, and that's pretty much everyone right now, knows that they've, they've been overwhelmed. They can't meet the demand. I mean, the services and the types of services, the next day deliveries and the guaranteed on-time deliveries are pretty much out the window. And demand and the, the service that we're getting from the parcel modes itself is, is completely changed versus a year ago. So demand has gone way up and, you know, you're running into so much shortages on the, on the service constraints on that too. So... You know, how are these carriers responding? Well, um, they know that it's a very much a buyer's market right now. It is a very much a carrier's market. And they're focusing really on value growth because they also are worried that they don't want to overstrip, like adding capacity to one of their networks. We're talking billions of dollars to invest. You just don't add capacity, massive amounts of capacity uh, very cheaply and easily. So, uh, you know, what, what we're seeing now is them focusing on what value growth. And that, that was listening to Carol Tomei. She's CEO of uh, UPS. She, in the Q4 uh, earnings report from that she was talking about, their focus is on value growth, not market share growth, but growing value, growing on the markets that they are seeing, growing on the um, uh, profitable freight, you know, and making that freight profitable. So we're going to see that a lot from our big three carriers is, and we're, we're seeing it now. I mean, the GRIs came out, and that's fairly normal. Uh, we got general rate increases of about five, six percent from the majors. Uh, they, you know, kick in at the end of Q4 last year. They're now in place now, but really, what we're seeing now is surcharges. Um, we're seeing surcharges. Uh, we've seen surcharges. There's going to be some surcharges from like USPS of $100 per shipment for packages that hit maximum quantities. They're going to charge a maximum. They're going to charge a $100 surcharge. 
And if you got some process going on and you're just shipping freight with USPS and it's going to go through your warehouse, you may not know you're paying that $100 surcharge until you actually get the bill if your rates haven't been updated. So it's, you know, we're seeing this from UPS and FedEx where not only are they putting that GRI in, but they're really focused on that value growth of uh, surcharge and the way they're accommodating and the, 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 you know, that extra delivery fees. So it's going to get expensive. It's, it, it is, it's already gotten expensive and it's going to get significantly more expensive. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been hearing the, the same uh, thing too. And, you know, I, I actually have had some packages that I've needed to uh, ship out um, that I've been holding off because I knew that if I mailed it back in, you know, early December, they, yeah. they'll probably be still in the network right now and, and not have delivered. I commented how, um, you know, we shipped my, my mom's uh, holiday gift on, on December 15th, and it was supposed to arrive two days later, later via USPS, yeah. uh, which we got priority mail. It said right there on the package, delivered by, it will be delivered by <laughs> December 17th, yeah. and it arrived there January 4th. <laughs> Literally, and is, yeah. And this is yeah. like 150 miles from Massachusetts to Connecticut, and it took, you know, 18 days to, you know, to, to get there. But I think that was, you know, emblematic of, everything you just said right now, right? This value yeah. growth, uh, the fact that a lot of the, you know, UPS, FedEx, right? They were very selective in terms of the amount of volume they were willing to take. So everything else then got spilled over to USPS because they had to take everything. But even they, then that, that about, you know, uh, cranked up their network or, you know, uh, jammed up their networks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I think the reality is that, you know, we're not seeing this growth in e-commerce abate, you know, if anything, it's going to continue. So, you know, the question is, you know, you know, this is a new normal. Everyone talks about a new normal. Well, you know, bringing it down to the microcosm, there's a new normal in parcel shipping, you know, yeah. that's different. It's different today than it was last year and certainly than it was, you know, just, just a few years ago. So, I mean, the question then becomes, you know, it seems that, you know, the logical, the smart thing to do would be, you know, for shippers to add more carriers, right? Such as regional or, or last mile yeah. carriers to, to, to the mix. But I'm boarding new... New, new carriers has traditionally been a, you know, difficult, you know, process. Um, I mean, what, what have been some of the, you know, historically, what have been some of the challenges involved and, and is that process getting easier? Well, no, it's gotten harder in many ways from e-commerce perspective, because if you're shipping something with e-commerce, you ship it with a carrier, you have to be integrated with that carrier systems. So you have to get real-time tracking numbers. You have to get real-time tracking updates. That's the standard in e-commerce right now. So you don't want to forget about that. So, um, you know, you know, the, the, the pain point of the bigger carriers charging more freight is opening up the capacity demand for the regional carriers. And that, and that would be the, the number one takeaway, I would say, for people here that listen to this is, guys, look at using regional carriers. There's 50-some-plus really good regional carriers in North America alone that are good alternatives in their region for the big three carriers. And you're also, it's also going to happen at a, at a significantly less price most of the time. All right. Um, so but back to your point about onboarding that carrier, though, you can't just say, well, hey, I wanted to start using my local Dallas area regional courier service. You can't do that because you got to be able to have label compliance. You, obviously, anyone you want to ship with them electronically, you got to know what their rates are. You're going to have to set up their rates. You're going to have to onboard them and make sure that they're a valid carrier, make sure they're insured and all this other good stuff. And and that's the typical process is onboarding the carrier isn't as simple as picking up the phone and calling them and say, come get my freight. It's integrating that carrier into your 
your IT, into your ERP, into your warehouse system, so that when your customers place your order and it ships with that regional carrier, it happens just like it happens with FedEx or UPS or USPS. And I mean, typically, that's why most shippers stick with a they, they, they go with that free system that you get from a FedEx or a UPS and they ship 100% of their freight through that one single carrier system because that single system gives them what they need. It gives them their labeling, it gives them their tracking numbers, they get it integrated into the warehouse system and then it, and it integrates into their e-commerce platform. So it's that full integration. Uh, but then right now what we're gonna see is if you're stuck on that single carrier, you're going to hit some significantly rate increases, especially if you're shipping into zones where you're hitting these extra surcharges, you're going to see your rates balloon. Um, and you may not see this until post fact. Um, we're getting calls now, uh, you know, Q4 set the CFOs, a lot of these shipping costs have hit the CFO desks of these shippers. And they're saying, guys, I got to do something new. And, and so, you know, CFOs are saying, well, you know, how do I reduce my shipping costs for my parcel modes? And like I said, the number one thing I'm going to say is let's onboard some extra carriers. It's the biggest. Yeah. Not, you know, it kind of just reiterate something you already talked about. I mean, there, there's, you know, you just can't pick up the phone, right. And just say, Hey, we're going to start shipping with you. If anything, you know, when it comes to parcel shipping, it's, it's arguably the, and particularly when it's integration with e-commerce, you know, where you really need, you know, sub-second, you know, kind of decision-making processes, or you, or you, may, you may be dealing with, you know, very large volumes of orders and shipments taking place. You really need that electronic communication, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, execute on those uh, on those orders. So being able to quickly and efficiently, you know, electronically integrate with these, yep. you know, additional carriers is uh, is critical. And you brought up another point that was going to be my next question, actually, which, you know, and I know this, you know, through through all the years of of doing. Uh, you know, research is a lot, particularly on the parcel shipping side. You're right. I mean, a lot of shippers have historically used those free systems that the carriers provide. And as part of their kind of procurement uh, approach has been, hey, let's just standardize on one carrier, whether it's mm -hmm. FedEx or UPS. Um, we'll give them all our volume. And in return, the thinking is, you know, we give them all our volume. They give us the most, you know, discounts. But I think, you know, that model has basically yep. broken apart right now because, you know, you can't really, you know, cross shop. Uh, it's very difficult to cross shop unless you have, you know, because you may, even if you have free systems, you have three different free systems and, you know, how do you, you know, toggle, you know, between them. So again, if you, so if you're talking to that transportation executive or that CFO that, you know, from a company that's using a free system, you know, what, what's the business case at the end of the day for moving toward a multi-carrier sh uh, shipping solution? You know, it's that onboarding of additional carriers are going to allow you to rate shop each individual shipment and make sure that you know who's the best carrier on that day because rates are changing so quickly. Um, so that's what multi-carrier shipping systems do is as opposed to the free system, it's a multi-carrier shipping system. So, uh, you know, that's what we do here at 3GTMS and PaceJet. You know, we have a multi-carrier shipping system. We've got integrations with 50, 60 plus some of these regional carriers. So if you want to onboard one of these carriers, you just call them up, negotiate your rate with them, and then it just starts to work. So that where it makes sense to ship them when you're doing your planning process, when you're doing your shipping process, you're rate shopping your shipments and you're shipping out with the best carrier on that day for that package. And since it's all, um, uh, you know, integrated you, into your system, you just, you still have that one system integrate, you integrate one multi-carrier system system, usually into your warehouse, 
uh, or into your ERP from your planning side. And you're able to get the benefit of, well, let me choose carriers. Let me have some more flexibility in shipping as opposed to being locked into that one single carrier. So that's the, the, the biggest beef. And like I said, with the CFOs are hitting these costs that they're seeing because they may have very limited uh, choices in carriers right now. The only, the only real answer I have to people that I tell people right now when they're rising costs is you've got to look at onboarding additional carriers. And as, the more the merrier here. Onboard as many as you possibly can, and then let your TMS system figure out what's best during that day, because it's going to constantly change. Uh, your rates are changing on a monthly basis right now. These surcharges they're putting in, uh, they constantly change, and you don't know unless you're doing it real time. And, and like I said, I almost look at each partial shipment, it's almost like a quote. It's almost like a brokerage environment now where, you know, your rates with parcel are, are not standardized. They are very much flexible right now, and they're getting more flexible that's because the carriers are focusing on that value growth. They don't want the freight that they're, they're struggling with. They're going to focus on the freight where they're making money at. And if they're not making money at it, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg so you don't ship with them. That's their approach here. Yeah, that, 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 that's a great point. I think as we talked during the last episode, you know, another um, uh, value add is that you know, parcel at the end of the day doesn't exist in a vacuum for a lot of shippers, right? Because they're also doing LTL, they're also doing mm -hmm. truckload, and you might be missing out on opportunities where you might be able to consolidate, or you might be able to maybe ship it via LTL, or, or look at other you know mode options. So when you look at it from a broader you know TMS perspective, um, I, I think it opens up other opportunities, if you will, in terms of how to get that that product from point A to you know point B by looking at it from a more multimodal perspective as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so, you know, we were going to talk about the capabilities that you're going to need for the, the solution. I think, that, you know, one of the questions that we were talking about in this problem is, you know, APIs, you got to go down the API route uh, for this for parcels, I believe right now. Um, yes, for super high volume environments where you're shipping more than 10,000 packages a day per location, you're going to need, you know, some type of rating engine to calculate your costs. And, and that's a different problem. Uh, and we can have a different discussion on the types of parcel systems that you need when you're in that 10 to 20,000 parcels a day per location. But for most people, you're not at that level. You're, you're up front. You're, you're shipping five, 10,000 packages per shipping station. And, you, you know, this is flowing through your ERP. You, you want your ERP to be native. Your ERP during the planning process. Here's another. Sorry if I'm rambling on here. But during the planning process, most of the time, you don't know how is this thing going to be packaged up. You don't know the size of the box up front, you know, when the order is placed and the order line item. So you need to, we do a service called predictive packaging, which is trying to estimate what is the box going to be that this thing ships in. And that'll really help you determine, well, what carrier should I be using? What mode should I be using? So you're going to bounce parcel up against LTL. And even, you know, if you're shipping a lot, uh, zone skipping and uh, pool distribution is, is another thing. So, but I got to say, you got to do API rating on these parcels because the API, you're going to get the exact cost. The carriers are really good at giving you good costs. And if your rate engine is incorrect because you haven't updated those rates in real time, um, you're, you're going to make bad decisions. You're going to get you're going to get punished for it. So APIs, predictive packaging. Uh, and then another one, and this is a thing that you almost get, yeah, is order consolidation. I just got eight packages yesterday. My wife got eight packages from the same vendor in two different days. It was eight packages. You know, how expensive is it to ship eight packages versus all of them could have cons consolidated down to one package? Um, 
Order consolidation is a little more complex than your normal multi-carrier shipping system can handle, but it's something that a TMS does in its sleep. Uh, determining what is what is delivery dates, when is the receiving dates, can orders be consolidated, is there reasons why it can't be consolidated, and there's a lot of business logic that can happen in a TMS to actually consolidate orders. So that's that's one of the things. That's this. So number one, bringing on multiple carriers is going to save you the most money. Number two, consolidating orders down to, to reduce your shipment size. That seems to be totally forgotten about right now is order consolidation. So I think order consolidation is another really big piece that people just don't seem to think about, but really should look into to help reduce their costs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously there's benefits, you know, from a, from a cost standpoint, uh, but there's also benefits from an environmental standpoint. I mean, I know that's, that's one of the, the, the pet peeves for a lot of folks is they look around and they go, you know, like your wife, right? Why did I get eight separate boxes, you know, yeah. All the cardboard, all the packaging material, all the eight eight different uh, you know uh, vans showing up to my place, you know, driving, you know, so on and so forth. So I think even from a CO two perspective, an environmental perspective, there's value there as well. How many people like have I got like a spare bedroom now that's full of extra packaging materials from the seasonal holidays? It was insane. It, it was like I said that eight one that eight packages she got this week were from orders she placed on Black Friday, by the way. But uh, you know they just finally showed up. Um, but you know the packaging. You're right. The carbon impact, and not to mention the cost. It was eight different deliveries too. You know, right. eight, eight different people driving their van down my my driveway and dropping a package off on my porch. I mean, it's insane. Which they could have been consolidated and actually shipped one. So yeah. Well, I know we, we talked about, uh, you know, APIs in the last episode. So those of you that are listening, uh, you know, I encourage you to, um, you know, watch that episode as well, because I, I think you went into a lot of detail on, in terms of uh, API versus non-API and, and, and all that, uh, as you just uh, underscored here as well. Same thing with, you know, the predictive packaging piece and, and then order consolidation. So I think those three things certainly are key areas, uh, three things that certainly to look for in, uh, you know, a solution as, as you're looking to upgrade and, and move up the maturity curve there. Well, JP, as a way to wrap up then, I mean, what questions then should sharp, uh, you know, parcel shippers ask themselves to assess whether they're you know, ahead of the curve or behind the curve when it comes to you know, parcel shipping capabilities? I think you have to onboard not just the big three, but you got to onboard multiple carriers. We're talking a dozen or so. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have six or 10 carriers on your platform. You have to do this as a way to combat these rate increases that are happening right now. So are you behind the curve? Well, if you're still stuck on a multi-carrier, if you're still stuck on a single carrier system and you're only using one or two primary carriers, you're behind the curve on this right now. You're not going to be able to negotiate rates with your primary provider. They're, they're going to be areas that they just don't want anymore. It's the game has changed. So you got to have, there, there's, there's some great multi-carrier shipping systems out there right now. You're going to look for things that are going to run native within your ERP. Most of the time, your ERP, your, 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 your e-commerce platform that you're running, it's just going to use these multi-carrier parcel systems. You may not even see the screens. It'll just work behind, behind and natively within. So like if you're running NetSuite or SAP Business One or, uh, you know, the, any of the Microsoft Dynamics products, you know, or some of the other systems, you want a parcel system that just works with your ERP. So it runs natively from within. That's important piece too, because you don't have time to integrate. Let your vendor worry about integrating all those carriers. That, that's what we do for a living and we get pretty good at integrating all these carriers so what you get to focus on is well which carrier should i use how do i onboard how do i negotiate better rates with my more carriers and then how do i let the system rate shop each individual shipment shipment and plan it properly that's where your savings are going to come from 
let the TMS figure out what it needs to do. Great. Well, some great advice and, and food for thought there. Well, you know, it'd be interesting to, you know, catch up later this year, uh, you know, certainly as we head into the next, you know, holiday period or busy period here in 2021. But I think, you know, planning ahead now as we begin this year to make sure that you're, you know, successfully be, have the capabilities to successfully navigate, you know, the road ahead in this new normal in the parcel shipping market is going to be critical. So JP, as always, uh, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the 3G TMS website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for JP, you can post it there. and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.